start of the 2018 season means one more way you can follow EMU Athletics on a new venture. Gone is the formerly known All E Show, and now instead the Eastern Insider Podcast, which will be featuring yours truly, Greg Steiner, and my newest co-host, Kyler Ludlow. Yeah, thanks, Craig. Uh, excited for this opportunity. Not so you and I can talk about Eastern stuff, but so we can kind of show off our student athletes specifically and some of the great stuff that they do all week and talk you know, to coaches and kind of give folks an inside look of what Eastern Michigan athletics is all about. You're used to listening to me sit down with head coach Chris Creighton throughout the football season, as well as Fred Castro and Rob Murphy in basketball, but those aren't going away. We're just morphing those into a kind of a different venture. Yeah, we're going to do a couple different segments. This week, it'll be mostly focused on coaches because a lot of student athletes aren't here yet. Uh, Going forward, we're going to have a segment that a couple of student athletes run interviewing other student athletes. So that'll be a very fun and interesting uh, segment for people to get their minds around. But then we get to talk to the coaches every week. Um, Sometimes it'll be the volleyball coach. Other times it will be cross country. This week, we have Scott Hall from soccer and Kimmy Olsen from volleyball, as well as Coach Creighton. We'll talk to Coach Creighton every week during football season. We'll talk to Coach Murphy and Coach Castro during basketball, but it also gives us a chance to work in some of the other sports that are very successful that we want to give them some spotlight too. Certainly a great venture and a new way to do it, and it's really radio on your time. No longer do you have to just wait for Mondays at 5 o'clock to roll around, but uh, now you can listen to it really radio on demand anytime you choose on all your mobile devices and really a a way to bring the broadcast to the fan and not have to rely just so much on us fitting your schedule well and with terrestrial radio as great as it is for our our games and we love our partnerships we have knowing that we have family members who are out of state who can't quite get to the computer at the right times this means with a podcast that it's going to be available whenever Uh, and once people start subscribing and signing up to the itunes and google play links they'll get them on their phone as soon as we send them out on monday afternoon so kind of bringing the radio show into this century and bringing it uh, you know a little bit more flavor too As we get going, certainly love to hear from you. Let us know what you think or who you'd like us to talk to. You can always send us an email, emueaglesradio at gmail.com. Still your radio inbox to make this a podcast that you really want to listen to as well. Send us suggestions. We're happy to to hear from each and every one. Or you can just pick Kyler in my brain every now and then as we'll start off each show with a little banter before we get to the part you really care about, the coaches. Well, yeah, and so with that in mind, we've got a couple of interviews on the docket, one with Coach Scott Hall, who the soccer team at this point is 1-3 in in the juncture, having lost a couple on the road. They had the home opener last weekend, so we talked to him about that. We get a chance to kind of talk about where the team is going, some of the key players early on in the season. And the volleyball team started off with their best start since 2012 with a 3-1 and mark at the St. John's Kaiser Classic. And so a brief little meeting with Kimmy Olsen and talking to her about their trip, some of the fun stuff that they did off of the court in their time in New York City. Should be a fun time. Quick time out. We'll take a break, and then on the other side of it, we'll come back with Coach Creighton to get you set for EMU football this Friday night coming up against Monmouth as the Eastern Insider Podcast rolls on. 
On the eve of the 2018 season, we sit down with EMU fifth-year head coach Chris Creighton as we get ready for his team to face Monmouth on Friday night at the factory. And hard to imagine, year five. I feel like we were just sitting here a few years ago talking about that first game that you'd ever coached in the factory. And certainly a lot has changed over that time period. It has. Uh, you know, in some ways it's uh, just yesterday and just snap of the fingers and then you know, sometimes you look at it and, and uh, you know, it's it has been a few years and there have been some things that uh, have developed and, and changed. And uh, but it's all good. Thankful to have been here for my fifth season. And at the same time, you know, again, super excited about what we're becoming and, and what we've become and, and to get out there and, you know, be us this fall. People continue to take notice of you. The best stretch this team has had in over 20-some years, but the goal not quite uh, accomplished last year falling shy of that bowl effort. But this year, uh, a lot of pieces return, but a lot of new faces as well to, to build upon. But uh, what excites you the most about this team? It's a good question. It's a tough question. Um, you know, I, I, do, I do think that um, – there's some degree of, of culmination when you take a group who who came in with you, um, and so all they've known, you know, is is our program, and to see those guys, you know, the guys sitting on my left and right at the the press conference, you know, with Jeremiah and and Blake, and just listening to them and knowing who they are as men and how much they love this program, how much they've put into it, and just and seeing those guys lead and the senior class lead and and the you know the underclassmen lead as well, but also follow the chemistry that we have, the the belief that we have and and what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, you know, the staff and and all that they put uh, the families that support them, you know, that's what I'm excited about is just, you know, all of that, you know, continuing to come together. Camp goes quicker and quicker each and every year. I know at the beginning of the camp, we talked about how this was kind of one of the fewest dates you had between a start of a camp and the first game. Uh, and with the elimination of two days a year ago, it also kind of changes the way you guys, you get your guys ready. How would you rate this camp that you just wrapped up? You know, I'd, I'd give it a really high rating, you know, for, for one reason is, you know, part of, you know, my responsibility um, and to control as much as you can control, you know, is to t keep the team healthy, you know, and, and get the horses to the race, right? And um, really thankful for, you know, our health. Um, it's never going to be perfect. And, and so, you know, we have sustained some injuries and have, you know, continued to rehab things. But, you know, overall, um, you know, physically, you know, we're, uh, we're in pretty good shape, you know, heading into the, into the first game. And um, so I, th that makes it a good camp. I, th I think our coaches do a, a great job utilizing the time that we have um, off the field, outside of practice time. And then, you know, we, we decided a year ago that we needed to become experts in, in the walkthroughs, you know, that, that we were given. Um, you know, to be able to to install things in the way that we're comfortable of doing it, and get the practice and the reps and the and whatnot. And so, I think that we've used um, you know our meeting time and our walkthrough time well. Um, that's a tribute to again to our coaches and, and to our guys and knowing our routine and how we do things. And so, it's been competitive too. You know, every year's different, and just because we were good on defense last year doesn't mean that we're going to be um, you know a really good defense again this year. We believe that, um, and so. 
you know, going up against a, a really good defense, you know, feels though our offense has made considerable strides and mentioned earlier too, just about uh, the improvements that, that uh, we've seen um, in our specialists. And, and so, you know, all of those things, uh, you know, bode well. You look at it, everybody circles the defense just to, to roll back out there and do what they did a year ago, but it's not just as easy as, as that happens on paper. But you look at some guys, uh, and we talked about uh, earlier this afternoon, was just the fact that you do have linebackers that return, you got DNs that return, you got a secondary that mostly returns, but it's finding consistency and also working some new guys in up front. Yeah, it always starts up front, and uh, I can sit here and talk about all the positives and the best version of ourselves, and, and it can be a, a phenomenal defensive line. And then I can also, you know, look at it negatively um, and can can make myself, you know, stay up all night. Um, and that's really true everywhere. I mean, that's always the case. Um, so, you know, we've known, again, since and even before last November that uh, we were going to be graduating some guys in the interior. And so you're constantly, you know, building for the future and then and you're constantly wanting to be at your best in the now, in the present. And and uh, so, you know, we're, we're excited about some of the new additions um, and excited about the development you know, of our guys, uh, you know, Tyler LaBarbera and Des Kelly played a lot of football, um, you know, for us last year. And um, so both those guys are back. So, you know, we're not starting from scratch. But as you know, you know, Coach Nethery likes to play a lot of guys on the defensive line. And so we try to have, you know, multiple people ready to play at a high level. Um, and uh, so, you know, camp's been good. Um, and it's going to be exciting to see, the, you know, what those guys bring to the table on game day. With Eastern Michigan head football coach Chris Creighton here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. You look at it on the offensive side of the, the football, people always are intrigued by who's going to go out there and take that first snap. Somebody has to, and I, I know you've kept it close to the vest, but how would you say the, the competition between – I would say a lot of people assume it's between Uyghurs and Stiebling and Mike Glass from last year. How would you say those three guys have worked together? It's worked well. It really has, you know. Uh, for two of those guys, it started back in January, um, and so you know, for Isaac, uh, there was no longer Brogan around, and and he was the one with the most experience. And then Preston was with us, but had redshirted, and so, you know, he was uh, obviously with us in the winter and spring. And then Tyler got here at the beginning of January as well, and um, just really handled himself well and appropriately in terms of being a fifth year guy, knowing that he was competing and, and just wanting to learn and, and build relationships. And so, um, you know, from the, really from the get go, you know, as I've thought about it, you know, our team has just been knowing that we weren't going to have Brogan and that we needed to develop our quarterback, uh, and quarterbacks. And, and that internally, that's really how it's been, you know, sort of the maturation of that process all the way through. And, and I totally understand, and, and for our team to some degree too, it's who's going to take the first snap. But that's not what the focus has been. It's been about, you know, developing um, and teaching and learning and for those guys to get better and better. And, you know, so for the you know, last 26, 27 days, um, it's just about our offense on that side of the ball, you know, getting better. Um, and I think if you surveyed guys on our team, um, you know, there would there would be a, mo a multiple group of quarterbacks that they would feel comfortable uh, leading our team. That's a good thing, you know. And then when you get into this week, it, it becomes, okay, so, you know, who's the guy? Um, and, and we'll have a guy who takes the first play, like you said. We're going to play with 11. They won't let us play with 12, and uh, we're not going to play with 10. 
Um, but that's, uh, that's something that people are going to need to come out uh, and see. Um, but not looking at it pessimistically, but just the reality of the last four years is that we've needed at least two quarterbacks every year, every year. So, you know, part of my 10,000-foot viewpoint is we better have, you know, at least two guys that, you know, can lead us, um, you know, on game day. And, um, again, all that has to play itself out, but we feel really good about it. In your system, certainly valuing the football is a big part of that, not turning the ball over. How much does that go into how you're going to make this decision? Who kind of holds on to the ball best, maybe? Yeah, so, you know, we could take the snap and then take a knee on every play and and not turn the ball over. You know, so there is a balancing act between being smart and not careless with the football um, but we, we still want to throw it downfield and we're still going to, you know, run the football up the middle, you know. And so it's not it's not just going to be conservative, lock down, don't give it away and punt. You know, we want to be uh, aggressive when the time is right. You know, we want to throw it. We want to run it with equal proficiency. Um, but there is something to be said for the quarterback who has the ability to discipline himself, to know the offense, to take care of the ball, not to make reckless passes when he's getting flushed out in the pocket or out of the pocket or having to keep the ball and step up. Does he have two hands on the ball? Is he aware of the ball? Is he aware of you know, who's around him? Um, and so to answer your question, it absolutely is a factor uh, in who's going to go out there for us. Um, but again, we don't want to just, you know, take the snap and take a knee the opponent will be the monmouth hawks out of the big south conference last year they were the big south champions went to the fcs playoffs and uh, were uh, routed in the first round by a northern iowa club but certainly they have a a offense that can put up numbers but uh, they come from a conference that is not known for big upsets but that doesn't mean that they don't want to come in here and win. So that will be certainly the challenge for you, getting your, your guys, I know it's opening night, but to make sure they avoid those first night jitters. Yeah, I, I mean, first night jitters, right? I mean, that, that's different than, um, you know, having them just ready to play against Monmouth. I, the, the conference, the level, any of that stuff is completely irrelevant to me. You know, I've um, – coached NAI football, Division Three football, FCS football, and Division One football, and good football players and good coaches are good football players and good coaches no matter where they are in the country and no matter how whatever, you know, label you mm-hmm. give the level. Um, and, uh, you know, we of all people <laughs> are not going to be a group that is going to look down uh, our noses on anyone uh, ever. Um, you know, that's just, that's not, that's just not who we are. Um, because we're the people that people look, look down on. And, um, and so, you know, we know who we are and we know that what we have to do. And, um, we have great respect for Monmouth that that's, that's not even a topic of discussion. Um, you know, just studying their staff and how long they've been together. And I think people lose sight about, you know, how, impactful that can be to have a true program and and to have coaches that know each other and have been together for for so long there's just so many advantages to that and it's unfortunately become rare you know in 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 our profession and then you know for both our staff and our guys you know you just you put on the film um and that's all you have to do is put on the film and um 
you know, we do that every week. And uh, Mama's got uh, talented players that play well together. They're champions, you know. They, they, they won a championship. It's the worst-case scenario if you look at it that way. Guys who are champions who then, you know, in the end – it didn't go the way they wanted to in the playoffs. And so you've got a championship, not only caliber team, but we, you have champions who are essentially all returning with, you know, sort of unfinished business. So I, I don't, um, golly day, that, that's a, not a great recipe for us. Tall task, but it should be one that we know you'll have your team ready for on Friday night. As we uh, wrap up this segment with Coach Creighton, the uh, campus environment certainly changes when students are back on campus, and and we know that having them as a part of uh, your game day atmosphere is certainly a valuable part. But how much do students being back on campus really change a campus environment for you and just add that extra energy? Colleges and universities wouldn't exist, you know, without uh, without students. I mean, they're the lifeblood of everything. And so, you know, when the vast majority of them are gone for the summer break, it's it's different. You know, um, it's not like uh, so many other companies or, you know, organizations that are year round or whatever. I mean, you know, a, a university campus can get a little bit more quiet in the summer. And and then you've got, you know, freshmen, new blood coming in and everyone's a year older that comes back. And um, yeah, it, it's awesome. There's always um, great energy when when people return to campus and um, can't wait to with the freshmen. We're a part of the freshman orientation on Friday night and uh, having all those guys in the factory for the first time and, well, you know, want them to be uh, proud of being at Eastern Michigan. And, uh, you know, we're we're one of the ways that uh, we get to represent them and, and everybody else, you know, uh, publicly. It's a way to express your love for the university is through um, those of us who are fortunate to publicly represent. Um, and so can't wait for that. And, you know, it's before school starts. So we're hoping that upperclassmen, you know, will get the itch and come back, um, um, you know, for Friday night and then maybe take uh, the long weekend before school starts. But um, they always bring great energy. It's going to be an awesome night and can't wait. Coach, best of luck this week. We appreciate your time, as always. Hey, thank you. Back after the quick timeout on the Eastern Podcast. Fans, don't forget, you can still buy your tickets. Call 734-487-ENOW, which is 3669. More Eastern after this quick timeout. Now that we've heard from Coach Creighton about the football team, Let's check in with Scott Hall and the football team. The soccer girls in action already a couple weeks in, and Scott Hall sits down with us to fill us in on everything going on with your Eagles. Now I'm sitting down with Scott Hall, women's soccer head coach at, here at Eastern. And coach, at this point, four games in, one and three the record, but you guys are building uh, on a lot more than just a win-loss record. Yeah, I mean, it's a, as always, it's good to get your freshmen to become sophomores, but there's still 14 of them on the team. So I think, again, we're just kind of growing the roles. Um, one of the things I like about this team is we're creating a lot of chances. Um, again, we still haven't put together maybe that full 90-minute game, uh, but I feel like we get closer and we keep building. The energy's good. I mean, the teams we've been playing are, are very good teams. Uh, we can't make the mistakes that we make. Uh, but I think it's all preparing us for the MAC, so things are going good. Well, this past weekend, one and one picked up the first victory at Sakluna Field with a two-one victory over Detroit Mercy. 
that game you had two people scoring Matty Olsen on a PK and then Kristen Nason scored a goal what was that just kind of lifting the lid on that scoring after being shut out that first weekend yeah I mean the the attack for us has been okay I think our build-up to get into that attacking area has been fantastic so it's nice now to kind of see your your goal scorers kind of find their way again Maddie scored on a penalty kick but she actually created it by getting in behind um, and then Kristen Nason uh, off a corner kick uh, but had a few chances within the game I'd still like to see us again be a little more efficient with our attacking because uh, the chances that we do create we do a lot of the hard work and then miss the uh, the joy of the scoring part so <laughs> we're getting there like I said this group is just I mean they're a hard-working group we look at it on tape we, we're practicing it um, they're really good about just kind of continuing to build um, on from one game to the next when yesterday Sabrina McNeil scored her first goal of the season against a tough Dayton opponent that she really was doing work against the defenders, anyone they tried to throw at her the entire game. What's it like just having her back after you know, missing her for a lot of last year, and what does she add to the team? Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't think she's at 100%. I think she's still you know, in that 80%, 90% range. I think she's still finding her comfort zone. Uh, so with her, again, we've just been working on staying confident. Um, getting at that goal for her is definitely a, it's a lift for her. It makes her feel like, hey, I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm really back. But, but we're kind of shooting for the start of the MAC for her really to be at full kind of 100%. So she's been doing well. Uh, again, it's nice to see the three goal scorers, all good attacking players. we got to get a few more people involved in that. Um, even set pieces, I think we can be a little bit sharper. But our movement's been good. Um, it's This is really a fun group to work with. And like I said, I mean, a lot of these kids we're talking about still have another two, three years to go. So, again, I look back on Starvatagio and some of the years back where we had some lethal scores. I think this group is starting to become that. But, again, Rome wasn't built in a day. Now we look ahead, and Friday you have your last of three straight home matches with Creighton coming to town, a Big East opponent. Uh, here at home, it's kind of the welcome weekend. Uh, there's going to be a lot more people on campus that day. Um, just looking ahead at that now, uh, what are the thoughts on what Creighton has and what are you guys going to do against them? I mean, Creighton's another fantastic team. I mean, the, the, their preseason schedule has been good. Um, we didn't give ourselves an easy game. Again, I think for us, preparing ourselves for the MAC is to see where the holes are at right now. So again, we're trying to keep this team on an even keel, not too high, not too low. Uh, you'd like to take care of your home games. I mean, that's what you have to do in the MAC. You have to win your home games. So uh, again, in the driver's seat at the Dayton game, and we had a 12-minute lapse, and and we lose 3-1. We can't have those lapses, or we have to make those lapses a little smaller. So I think against Creighton, we have to bring the same energy, the attacking style, and then defensively, no lapses, kind of keeping our heads for 90 minutes rather than playing 67 minutes, taking some time off and coming back in and out. We just can't do that with these these teams. It'll punish us. On Sunday, you travel to Oakland, nearby in-state uh, foe, rival, however you want to say, uh, call it. What do you know about the Grizzlies? Well, the Grizzlies, are they're, they're going to be a little bit of a different team from last year. I think they brought in 15, 16 new players, uh, a lot of foreign flair that goes there. So, again, I, I don't really know what we're getting into when we, when we play Oakland. It'll be a different team. 
obviously this is their head coach's second year. He's kind of settling into the things he wants to do. They're going to be tough. I mean, like I said, there's, we don't have an easy game on the schedule, and I'm okay with that because I think we can get better and better by seeing where we're at with everything. So with this sophomore kind of laden group, you want to keep them growing, keep giving them new challenges, and I think uh, Oakland will be another one. Uh, playing against a team with a lot of foreign flair to it. Well, Coach, thanks a bunch for stopping by, and uh, good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, sir. Have a great one. Rounding out our Coach's Corner for the Eastern Insider Podcast Week 1 is Head Coach Kimmy Olsen of the volleyball team. Now I'm here with Eastern Michigan Volleyball Head Coach Kimmy Olson. Coach, a 3-1 and one start to the weekend in New York City. A great look overall from your team. What was it that really set things apart this weekend? Well, we were really excited to just see how we played against some other competition after a long preseason. And I was really excited about the level of competition that we, that we opened with and just to see how this team could sustain and be consistent through four different matches. Well, three sweeps to start things off. What was clicking? Everything was clicking. Um, we had really tough serving, which is something that we've really worked on. Um, this preseason, our servicey was great, so that meant that we were in system. So Mallory Rajeski could run the offense, and uh, I think what makes us dangerous is we have a lot of good players that we funnel the ball to in different situations. So they, the attackers were extremely consistent and uh, had a great start. Well, after those three sweeps, a tough loss in five sets, 16-14 the final against a big St. John's team. How did that comeback down to one, down 10-5 in that fifth set? What momentum was built off of that? Yeah, like you mentioned, we hadn't even lost a set going into that match. So um, I was excited to play a high level of competition and actually see how the team responds with their backs against the wall. Just totally respecting the the size and physicality of St. John's. Um, I really thought we, we fought and scrapped and battled and we got to see every single person uh, contribute. Our, our fourth set, uh, we really battled to send it to, to five and um, just taking a look at the scores in the fifth, every person on our, on our bench almost contributed to that 16-14 uh, set. Well, after Everything was said and done. Mallory Rajeski, Jordan Smith, Cassie Hout named to the St. John's Kaiser Classic All-Tournament team. What was it about that group, a redshirt senior in Mallory, a senior in Jordan, and a redshirt, uh, redshirt junior in Cassie that they played so well this weekend? Yeah, I mean, those are three of our four seniors, if you will. Uh, we finally gotten a little bit older and a little bit wiser, and those guys just really stepped up and decided to lead for us. I would say that was that was Jordan's best weekend we've ever seen her play, and the, the level that she's playing at, the ability to score points and stay lower error is an absolute game changer for us. Um, and to speak about Mallory, Mallory has just been a, a rock for us now for four years, and uh, she got the chance to run a lot of the, uh, the offense on her own in the five won and she was really grooving with a lot of people and then last but certainly not least Cassie um, who has played all positions for us she she came out and and did it she was a great middle blocker and she scored a lot of points for us but uh, I'm looking forward to those guys just leading us the rest of the way well that trio along with April Houston had a great weekend as a middle blocker that was one of the the other announcer's favorite parts was that she's 5'10", 5'11", but blocking with these uh, bigs from the other teams. What has you know April moving from right side last year to middle this year, how's that adjustment been? 
Well, you know, we lost our two middle blockers last year, our two starters, and uh, about 80% of our blocks. So that adjustment is something that we've worked on a lot in preseason. And um, after a really solid spring last year, we knew April and Cassie were ready to do it. And uh, as quick as we can get those rookies in, the more we can move our offense and defense around um, to even have some different looks. But uh, yeah, those guys just did a great job. We ended up with uh, 10 blocks and two of the matches and uh, or three of the matches and, and one mm. with four. So we were off to a great start blocking. Well, one of the best parts about this opening season trip was going to New York City and getting to spend some time as a team. What'd you guys all do? Well, we went to New York with the intent of playing high-level volleyball and having a great time, and we did both of those things. So we got to leave a, a day early, and we took the team uh, to Central Park and got to walk through there and have a nice dinner in downtown. And then the next day, we got up and uh, took the subway in and did it the real New York way, and we got to show them Times Square and take them to see a Broadway play, The Phantom of the Opera. So that was something that I think was really special to kick off the weekend um, before the volleyball part started. Well, now looking ahead, University of Michigan at noon on Saturday the 1st, followed by the home opener Saturday night against Cleveland State, and then Harvard, another good team, on Sunday. What is it about this weekend you're looking forward to? Well, we're going to play a really high level of competition across the board. I think that St. John's match started to prep us for the level of physicality and the high level of volleyball that all three of these teams are going to bring. Um, we're really excited to see how we can do against a tough Michigan team has already started off really well, and uh, we played uh, we played Cleveland State in the past, so I think we're ready for a little bit of redemption there, and then look forward to uh, battling against uh, Harvard's first weekend. So they'll be nice and fresh. Well, Coach, congratulations on a good first week, and good luck this upcoming week. Thank you. You've heard from the coaches. Now it's time to set your schedule for the upcoming week, and a week that in that we'll see plenty of teams in action. Soccer, volleyball, men's cross country, women's cross country, and of course the aforementioned football game as everybody moves back into campus this weekend. The football game gets kicked off at 6.30, but gates will open at roughly 5 o'clock. And don't forget to, to come in and see the Eagles get off the bus as the Eagle Walk will get going at 4.15. The soccer team in action here in Ypsilanti on Friday as well with a 12 p.m. start time against a Big East team in Creighton. They travel to Oakland on Sunday, so still nearby. Volleyball's got three matches here in Washtenaw County. The first one over at the University of Michigan at noon on Saturday, and then on Saturday night, Cleveland State is in town. The conclusion of that Michigan Invitational is Sunday against Harvard. That's a Sunday fun day. Make sure you're out for that. That's Sunday with the AE. That means ice cream as Harvard and Eastern Michigan square off at one o'clock. You also uh, could catch Cleveland State taking on Harvard if you are so inclined to catch some volleyball. That'll be a two o'clock start on Saturday. No uh, video stream or anything for that, but you can catch me and Kylie Gates having the call on ESPN3 later that night, and then the Harvard match on ESPN Plus on Sunday as well. And then who could forget uh, men's and women's cross country who are out for a title defense. Last year they repeated as champions, and uh, John Godridge just continues to host more trophies on his end. They've won, what, seven in a row and trying for an eighth. It'll all open up at the Toledo Invitational down in the Glass City this weekend. 
Well, I guess we can say that was the first episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. It's certainly not in its final form as we currently sit here. And who knows, a month from now, it could be just about completely different. But for the first episode, you got to hear from Coach Creighton, Coach Hall, and Coach Olson. Hopefully they... uh, they were able to enlighten you. And next week, we'll be introducing a segment called Polly and Peanut, or Peanut and Polly. Probably the first one's a little more illiterate. And that's where a couple of our student athletes are going to sit down. Uh, they're going to interview each other next week to kind of kick that segment off. So we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to you guys being able to hear us again next Monday. Certainly appreciate, Kyler, all your efforts. And as always, you can find more information on emueagles.com or call the EMU ticket office at 734-487-3669. Until we come across you next time, thanks for listening and go green.